already. Oh, stop telling that story, Chili. is vulgar. Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the 3 of 7 podcast. I just got a notification on my phone here. 3 of 7 project is live on YouTube. Chad is something. Chili knows it all. And Blake sucks. What about what about uh, I'm neutral. Biscuit? I'm neutral. She doesn't like to be in the any kind of limelight. I'm neutral. Well, you guys have already, you know, I've had a pretty good morning, but you guys have already been starting to tick me off with all your stinking shenanigans in here this morning. Can you please further describe shenanigans for me? Yeah, I, I mean, it's anytime you get Chili and Blake together. They start going on and on about, you know, funny stuff on YouTube videos and all. And then you put you in the mix and then you just feed the fire uh, of all of them. What are you them. doing, Chili? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what, me? Just hanging around. See, they they do it all the time. and um, Baby, you it's okay that you're not funny you don't have to feel left out you have other strengths outside of not being able to understand well i'll tell you another thing humor. i'm mad about blake just thinks he can just work whenever he wants he just thinks he can do whatever he wants man we filmed a video last week of my land cruiser oh. uh, all right now what am i most excited about in life right now we just sent my FJ60 1984 Land Cruiser to TLC 4x4 up in Charlotte to have it restored. So we filmed a video last week of the truck prior to the restoration. And I told Blake after we filmed the video, I said, you need to get this video out. Okay. Well, he comes up this morning. I, I said, says, I'd get it out too. I says, is that video out yet? He I says, says to him, I says, <laughs> he says, nah, I don't have time to edit that video before we have to leave on our trip. And so he's just not going to do it. He's just not going to have it ready. Listen, your procrastination doesn't constitute an emergency. Hey, I heard behalf. that on the radio this morning. Did you? Where'd you hear that? I just, that's just what I know. I heard it this morning. I was like, man, that's good. Yeah. How long you had that cruiser? That garage cruiser? How long you had it? It don't it don't matter how long I've had it. I, I told you we got to get that video. How long out. you had it though? I don't know. I don't keep counting. Keep lies. I don't what, look eight, back. Eight months or something. Six, I told y'all last week. I don't look forward or back. Probably six months. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm daggone mad this morning. Pissed. And uh, so y'all are in for a real treat this morning because you know I'm about to turn this podcast over to. Brooke and Chili. <laughs> to me? Uh, yeah. You're you're part of all this. I'm about sick of you throwing stuff you're on me. You're part of all man. this, man. <laughs> hey, quit throwing stuff on me, man, just because I'm unhealthy. You yeah. think you can pick on me? I, I, just, I got jaundice. Did you know that? You're jaundice? I got jaundice. What'd you do? Dude, he's got all kinds of stuff wrong with him. He just started a hair care, uh, a hair growth prescription oh did you see huberman came out with an episode on uh hair loss no and i ain't gonna watch it he's full of crap <gasps> andrew huberman don't know nothing no i'm just kidding i'm sure he's a very knowledgeable guy <laughs> <laughs> but uh i just say that wow. to tick you off but i'm sure he said what i'm if he knows anything he said the protocol that i'm using because it's gonna work 
Finasteride. Finasteride. Yeah, I already started it. It's supposed to re- it's supposed to prevent any future hair loss and regrow where you've lost it. And it's not doing anything yet, but I think it's going to take a little time. Boo boo, we need to get. I thought finasteride was that um, butt fungus you picked up from New Zealand. No, no, it's That's a medicine. A New Zealand itchy butt crack <laughs> disease. Can we? How'd get... you get that? Something in the air down there. <laughs> can we? Nasty, get, ain't it? Can we get some of that finasteride for you, boo? No, I, I for for anybody out there whose hair is falling out. Who gives a crap if your hair's falling? Just let it fall out. <laughs> what? What is it? It don't make no difference. I mean, why? Why is everybody so concerned about hair loss? Yeah, I think someone you look please just explain as good. to me who, why is everybody concerned about because my hair's falling out and I don't give two craps. I'm actually looking forward to when it all on the top falls out <laughs> and I can just grow the sides out. <laughs> Like a bowl. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to be able to sport that style. Well, you could do it now if you just shaved in the middle. Well, yeah, but that's cheating. I mean, it that that requires maintenance. I want it to be legit, man. <laughs> just, mm. It'll just start right here and then go back, and there'll be nothing up here. I I gotta I gotta speak. <laughs> I gotta tell the the story this story without using any names. Um, I was shooting skeet with a friend the other day, and uh, no one could hit the skeet, right? No one could hit the skeet. And so uh, a couple, uh, a little while later, the friend says, um, hey, let's, shoot, let's go shoot some skeet again, but make sure you get those uh, fake shells that we were shooting last time we were shooting skeet. And um, when we informed this friend of ours that, they were actually real shells that were coming out of the shotgun. He was astounded. And I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought, I think the reason that they didn't think there were real shells coming out of the shotgun is because no one hit the skeet. <laughs> so I think that they were just thinking that. I didn't think about that. that. We were just playing like a game where we were throwing this thing up and they would point at it and pull the trigger. Like the video games? Yeah, but like there was nothing to actually, you know, destroy the skeet. And so I think that's what led them to that conclusion. I thought I just thought that was... I was wondering, I thought we were shifting to something else related to balding. I did too. I was waiting on (laughs) shooting clay and (laughs) bald. It's kind of the same concept because if I shaved the center portion of my head to have that bowl along along the, the, I would be a scam. That would be a scam. (laughs) You can't have that cut. You can't have that unless it's a legit. You have no hair. I can have any cut I okay. want. Okay, so I'll give you that cut. These, these, see, it, it would be a scam. And these people that we were, my friend, I was shooting skeet with. He thought I was scamming him. He thought I was didn't have no real bullets in that gun. <laughs> there ain't no scams around here. When y'all see me with the Hulk Hogan, daggone center slick, grown out around the sides, that's gonna be for real, man. It's coming. Takes time, takes time to work that cut out. All right. You sound awfully worried about your hair too. No. Right? Yeah, he does. Like he, ex- he, exfoliates his, he exfoliates his scalp every evening. <sighs> does he? Mm-hmm. The sugar scrub. 
Yeah, so I'm about to turn this show over to Brooke and Chili and let them have their daggone shenanigans. Well, and throw it over to me. I ain't got nothing to talk their, about. I do have a new segment. Feed into all their bull crap. And, I, have and, a, uh, I have a segment. Look, Look, we was cruising that in fourth gear. Everybody thought we was about to go to fifth, and he bumped it up to third. Just, yeah, Chad. Just, just now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when nobody knows what's going on. He does that. Y'all got to take over this. Well. Take control. <laughs> here's the thing. I don't have a lot of a lot of stuff on my... I'm not studying or thinking about a lot of stuff other than the task at hand right now. Okay? I'm thinking about the task at hand. So, here in just uh, a little while, I'm going to be going to race a 250-mile foot race. And so, I'm, I'm studying that. I'm getting dialed in on that getting everything, you know, that I need to get in order. And that's what I'm focused on right now. Uh, we've been talking about all of this stuff way more in depth over on Patreon. Actually, the the last Nuff Said podcast I just released, we talked about it kind of in depth, the why behind the race, and and um, talked about all the training and, uh you know, just how, how we plan to function out there and, and get this thing done. Because it's going to be hard. It's going to be, I hope it's the hardest thing that I've ever been fortunate enough to do before. And, um, but I haven't talked about a lot on the podcast. I haven't talked about it a lot or at all on Instagram or anything because I don't even, I, I haven't even cared. I'm, I want to go and do this for me and so that, you know, we can continue to grow. I can continue to grow, and um, hopefully, as the story kind of progresses throughout this thing, obviously, we want to glorify Christ in our faith and in in everything through this journey and this challenge that's ahead of us. So, uh, you know, that's what I've been focused on. Everything's already done. How do you think training's? How do you think I've done training through all this, Chili? Well, I mean, I think... Chili's been my coach throughout this process, if y'all didn't know about it. One of many. Yeah. He's been, he's the, been my running coach. And the only one that didn't actually... That's not actually his coach. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. Yeah, huh, man, we had weekly calls. You just love to say that, don't you? We did. Well, um, I think you... I, th- I mean, I'll give you my honest assessment. I think it's ridiculous to act like you can just be your most prepared for this race in eight weeks. That ain't long enough. However, I think with the eight weeks that you had, you trained really hard, really well. Other than I think you did uh, some things that detracted from your running performance, but... I mean, I mean, that's my assessment. I don't think it's long enough. I think to 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 show up to this race and be like, "Yo, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna win. I have done everything I can." You've got to put in a longer, sustained effort, a periodized training block, obviously. But then, you know, when you really decided you were going to do this race, you had eight weeks left. So then, all you can do is maximize those eight weeks. And I think you did a pretty good job of that. But you got too distracted on doing depth jumps and calf raises and air assault bike overrunning. That's going to hinder you a little bit, but. Can, um, can I say something? Well, it's a good thing I've been doing a okay. periodized uh, sustained training block over the last 15 years of my life. So 
I hope that 15-year training block I put in leading up to this race will be enough. What'd you have to say, Biscuit? Well, you can think that, but how specific is it to running? How many miles did you run in the last year leading up to it? Oh, it's been all very specific for 15 <laughs> straight years leading me to this exact moment. So, Chili's right. Any normal human being, all of you mere mortals watching this podcast, oh, eight weeks would not be sufficient for you to actually be competitive at an event like this. You can take Chili's advice uh, on your behalf, listener. Uh, on my behalf, I, I obviously recognize that he does not understand who exactly it is that he is training. Uh, so, hey, uh, Chili, what do you think about my training block? <laughs> if you say something good, I was like, yeah, man, you're right. If you say something bad, I say, yeah, idiot. Well, I'll, just be, I'll just be straight up with you. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm also so. not training you. Yeah, so. I didn't I, train I've had, you. I've had to pay Chili $10,000 a month for the last two months for his training services and he wants to sit here and act like he hasn't even trained me chili has one client at a time he charges ten thousand dollars a month uh that gets you a weekly phone call and also a total mileage per week that you need to run <laughs> now if you want more specific coaching in terms of how the run should actually be formatted the runs to total up your cumulative weekly mileage prescribed by coach that I don't even know what that will cost, or even if it's available. Yeah, you, well, it's definitely available, but you didn't even ask for it. I know ten thousand dollars a month was maxing me out. Well, maxing my my budget out. Well, that's kind of where you left some training on the table in the eight weeks, is you didn't divvy it out. You didn't you didn't partition the week exactly exactly right. But I wasn't willing to make that kind of investment. No. Yeah. You just think that as hard and as you've trained your life in your life and everything you've done that it that it prepares you to run 250 miles as fast as you possibly can. Yes, that's a true statement. No, it isn't. <laughs> that's a very accurate statement. <laughs> no, it isn't, man. <laughs> How? Well, well, listeners, you'll be able to know within uh, about a week and a half. Who was right and who was wrong? No, 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 no. Don't play it like that, like I'm trying to root for you to fail. Dude, I'm just saying, even if you ran really fast, like how do you know how much you left on the table by not training right? It only matters that I'm better than anybody else I mean, you might You might win and run super fast, but like say you had done it a different way, you'd been even faster. You don't know that. It don't prove nothing. He doesn't work like that, though. You work like that. He just cares about, like he said, beating whoever's there, and then he's happy. Yeah. Well, you better hope you beat everybody there, then. That that's like all the, the, the that's it's like all these people. You know, you you see all these people at these last man standing races, and they talk about, oh, we want to help one another to make the race go as far as it can possibly go, and we all want to band together because we want to race. No, man. I, if I'm running a last man standing race, for instance, I don't care if the freaking race is one mile or 200 miles. The The distance ran matters not to me. Well, yeah. You, well, that's like, a last man standing race. That's though. all you... The, but the only point is to be faster than everybody else there on that day. And to enjoy it, which could yeah, make... That's never, well, whether you that, that's win never... By, whether you win by one minute... Or 10 hours if yeah. you're trying to win. Yeah, I don't agree with you're that. You're trying to win. Yeah, it's a difference in mindset. Yeah, that's um that that uh, that mindset in a in a 
start and finish race like this that's just 250 miles as fast as you can you get way too consumed with what everybody else is doing i mean you're you're if like if you're not focused on purely just running as cover that distance as fast as you can then all you'll do is just compromise your own race to play off of this person be like well i would be going this pace but i'm just trying to beat this guy so i'll just hang right around here right around him just how whatever i think is gonna be best to beat him i mean that's that you got to run your race way too consumed with what with what everybody else is doing do you want to win or do you want to see how fast you can run 250 miles if i run 250 miles as fast as i can then i will either win or i lost giving running as fast as i could what well, you could go run 250 miles with your mindset as fast as you can without anybody else there like why would you even sign up for a race i'll i'll send you the gpx file for the course well because because yeah it shuts you down son how did that shut me shut down your mindset down right there how All right how did it shut me down it just did no <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's a good explanation i'll explain how it didn't oh no it did <laughs> so you're 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 just stutter stepping right now you didn't even have a response for that dude well how it didn't shut it down is you asked why race well i would race because the competition is not defunct by the fact that you are running your own race and not worried about what anybody else is doing you still win i mean how, how does that how does that nullify the the competition well, with your mindset you would win if you ran it as fast as you could run it here regardless of, no you don't if there was anybody there or no not. you wouldn't win that's what your somebody, mindset dude. no what if somebody beats you dude you have a fallible weak mindset how's it fallible because it's not gonna get you anywhere in life man <laughs> i got lost are you saying he's fallible because you're arguing that it's not it would be the same to run with a group of people and see how far no, Chad doesn't. Maybe this stuff is way over your head. Chad doesn't know how. Uh, don't you dare come at me. You know this, I this am not. Uh uh-uh, This I conversation not, is way over your and Blake's head. Can I tell you guys what's happening right now? He's been training, and then you guys can go back to arguing. He's been training, and he's been hyper focused on training. And like you said, Chili, he doesn't care about the race. He just likes the training because he gets to get addicted to something for a well, couple. Well, he of does months. care about the race, but. Mm, this much he wouldn't do it without it right so when the training drops off on this week leading up he is angry he's a good thing though he's looking for an outlet and he's so right now i was happy it was you that he was attacking and not me no he's not attacking me this is a good conversation that exposes the the logical fallacies in chad's in chad's stance about it like <laughs> listeners who are you gonna trust me or chili i mean come on listeners on youtube go ahead and drop in the comments and there he goes again who, seeking reassurance from you, the audience because he's not confident in himself who do you want to listen to I me mean, or chili this is when it gets sad actually because you're sick now you're seeking reassurance no because i'm trying to bring the audience in no, on this conversation man first two responses are both tech guy yeah <laughs> well you're seeking oh, crap you're, on both you're of seeking reassurance <laughs> From your, hey, even a fool is thought wise. He doesn't say much <laughs> because you you need reassurance, man. Because you're not confident in yourself. You're too worried about what other people think. That's the problem with your mindset about racing. You're too. You're. You remember a couple of weeks ago when you had the big podcast about how you're you're trying to get over what other people think and comment or whatever that all that's about. You know the growth you're undergoing. Well, apparently you've got a lot to 
to work on with the race aspect because you're that's all you're worried about with this is man no. whatever that who I don't even know their names who's the front runner guys in this race you're like man <laughs> whatever they're doing I'll be about thirty seconds ahead of them and I'm good that's that's what that's all it takes to win dude that's good when you're fo- when you're focused on winning that that's what it takes to win man you'd rather win and not do your best than do your best and lose what what is your best. You can never do your oh, best. Oh, I agree with that. You but can I'm, never do your best. But, so, but, so but all, you should still all, try. All you can do is win. That's all you have control over. You know, you can't do your best. Do you know how many races I've won in the past, and the co- and the competition was absolutely terrible? So, what does that win even mean? Well, you should have found a better race. Well, I d- I did, and I, I did at times, and I tried. But I'm saying, like, a win. Why go run a race if the competition sucks? Well, You're just wasting your time. Well, I was hoping it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, you know, guys, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of you guys listening, you know that Chili has been under my tutelage for a few <laughs> years now. He's still got a long ways to go. Uh, this is just all a process. He'll go home later today after this podcast and he'll re listen to it and he'll think through. And a little bit of this will sink in, and he'll be that much closer to being a winner. I think that's what he does when he it, goes home. Is the tutelage located near the Grundle, <laughs> or is that is that elsewhere on the body? So here in just a minute, Biscuit wants to do a new segment on the podcast. Have you named the segment yet, Bisc? No, but I think it's funny how you keep threatening, even before we turn on the mics, to turn it over to me and Chili, and all you've done is talk about your truck and your race. Oh, you got it. I'm turning this over to you. I don't want to talk about nothing today. Let's talk about my uh, garage cruiser. Let's talk about my race. <laughs> garage cruiser. Boy, Blake liked that one, didn't he? Blake coined that phrase. We we now call we now call the shop cruiser. Yeah, we now call the Toyota the the GC the garage cruiser. It ain't a, it doesn't cruise land because stuff falls <laughs> off and breaks. Twice now, I've been going down the driveway, and there's been tubes and parts out of that car oh. just laying, yeah, just laying on the driveway. I mean, that thing's a hazard. You can't even walk around it without a tetanus shot. <laughs> That's why he turned it off. It's out of his hands now. Yeah, yeah. I sent it to the right place. Um, before we dig into Biscuit's new segment, which viewers, you guys are going to have to participate in this, all right? So y'all get ready, listen up when Biscuit comes in with this, because this is for you guys to participate. That's what's going to make it fun. We want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our hydration partner, Hoist. Yes, we've been partnered with Hoist now for about a year. We've put this stuff through the ringer. We've um, used it in all environments, uh, from running 24 hours on the treadmill to uh, just day-to-day use to using it in our training runs. Uh, they make, Hoist makes the product in these bottles, just like you see me have here. You can order this stuff and get on a subscri- subscription. They can send it right to your house on a, whatever interval that you choose, so you always have it around. They have it in a powder form. Uh, and they also have it in little squeeze pouches that are really convenient to throw in a backpack or something like that just to bring in a, uh, a added source of hydration and electrolytes uh, on top of water because this stuff actually does hydrate you better than just pure water. Uh, it makes a tremendous difference in how far you can go and how your body is actually functioning 
It has everything that you need from calcium, potassium, magnesium. Uh, it's got 14 grams of carbohydrates, 70 calories, no preservatives, no high fructose corn syrup made right here in the USA. Yes. Drinkhoist.com. Check them out. Your hydration is probably, arguably, the most important part of training hard, racing hard, and staying on your feet, going as far as you can possibly go. If you're not hydrated properly, ain't happening. You ain't going nowhere. That's where hoist comes into play. Not to mention, they are amazing people behind the brand. Friends of ours who we have spent time with, had conversations with, spent meaningful time with. Are going noodling with. Yeah. And um, and they've just been amazing partners with an, I think, top quality product. Drinkhoist.com. Thank you, Hoist, for being our partners. And this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. Everything that you see in here, all these cameras, microphones, soundboard, if you're listening to this, everything capturing this audio, this was all paid for by our partners uh, and really our brothers and sisters that we have over on Patreon. If you're not over there, you should be, man. If you're not part of Resurrected, the live show that we run three Sundays a month, in my opinion, you're missing out on the best content that we create here at 307 Project. The best conversations that we have, the most meaningful things uh, that we talk about are over there on those live conversations on Patreon, three Sundays a month. It's called Resurrected. We bring a message to the table. Either Blake or I present a topic for 20 to 30 minutes. Then we open up the call for a live talk with whoever is on there. Usually we've got you know, dozens of people on the call. And uh, afterwards, we post those videos and those conversations on the Patreon page. So if you're not able to be there live, you can go back and listen to them. So we do a lot of fun stuff over there. We got a ton of exclusive videos on the Patreon page. So that's all about us just trying to give back to the less than 1% of people who listen to this podcast who have decided to make an investment into 307 Project uh, on a monthly basis. And it means a tremendous amount to what we are able to do here. And um, we could never express our gratitude with words for everyone who does support us on Patreon. If you're interested in joining, we'll attach a link to our Patreon page, which, by the way, is not a fan club. It is um, our biggest supporters, our VIP people. Uh, the people who are most invested are there, and we'll attach that link in the show notes or the description of this episode right here. Maybe we'll film a mindset series and put it out over there. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'd be the only one on camera for that. I'm worried about Chad. You hear how he keeps smacking his lips? The dogs are doing that, too. Our dogs are. Yep. Yeah. They've been sick. <laughs> okay, let's jump into the biscuit segment. All right. Explain this to the people, baby. Let me stretch it out real quick. This segment. The comedian of the family. No, this, the purpose of this segment, well, it is a little funny, but it's mainly to engage. So 
the segment, and Shelly helped me with this. You know, he helped me come up with this. The, se- <laughs> <laughs> the segment is called Guess Who? So there's four of us in this room. I'm going to give you four different scenarios that happened and that are true. And then we're going to do the podcast for a little while. And then towards the end of the podcast, we're going to tell you which of these four things belongs to which person. And you also get to, to hear the story behind it. Does that make sense? So uh, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to guess? Yeah. So on YouTube, you can, you can guess in the chat. I think that would be funny. What? Like at the end, hold your guesses till the end? or No, you can do it now. You can, I mean, you can do it now. There's no prize for guessing, you, you right? You watch him, tech guy. You write them down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no prize. You don't get a prize for guessing right. It's just funny. Oh. Okay, are y'all ready? Are you ready, babe? Yeah, as long as the listeners understand. Are you looking at YouTube? Yeah. Okay. You look at him over there on his phone. I know. <laughs> uh, you guys are running the podcast now. I can just sit over here and hang out. If you say you guys one more time... <laughs> All right. Pull your leg hair out. So, like Joe Biden. What's up, YouTube? This is one of the four of us. Number one, who pooped while they were running and just kept running and let it fall out of their shorts and run down their legs? Everybody got it? Second one, who, who did that out of the four of us? Who used to drive a Honda Prelude? Hmm. As an adult, who got out of bed and peed on the carpet beside the bed while sleepwalking. Last one. Who was the image of another man's pleasure and then got into, <laughs> and then got into an altercation with a pervert at a trailhead near Kennesaw Mountain? That's it. Do you guys think I should repeat them? Definitely not the last one. Everybody think Chad did all of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got one vote for Chili. Chili peed on the carpet. Uh, that's what the listeners are saying. Um, and I'm in this. People basically, are basically we got one vote for you. You pooped and <laughs> you pooped this uh, Courtlandant Rachel, whatever this guy is or whatever this person is. Said Biscuit definitely pooped on her leg, <laughs> on her legged, and kept running. <laughs> what you say? The name's Rachel, and you called him a hate? No, it's R E I C Raquel. Raquel. Oh, yeah. Um, Sounded out. Chili. Somebody also they, said you drove the Prelude, Biscuit. They don't know. We don't know. Yep. Um, people, oh, it's German. This guy's from Germany. Oh, cool. Oh. Um, Chili, they think you slept, walk, and peed on the floor. Hmm. Mm. They think Chad pooped. I don't know. Pete on that carpet. You will you will find out here shortly and you will hear the story behind each one. Yep. Pete on that shag. That's a good uh that's a good segment right there, Boo Boo. Thank you for presenting that. Oh, you're so welcome. That midnight shag pisser. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) Who I, I I will give you guys an added detail on that. Whoever did that was probably <laughs> under the influence of ginseng. Whoever did that was probably under the influence of ginseng. Um, A.K.A. Sang. <laughs> sang, hunting. All right, guys. So what questions do you have for me today? <sighs> <laughs> 
Y'all don't listen. Y'all nothing about him, right? That y'all's. What do you? What do you guys? Him? What do you guys want me to talk about today? Well, I mean, I I thought our, I loved our little opening, uh, dialogue there because it really exposed how well, you think about things. It's really great to get to watch the chat while you guys are hosting the podcast because you know I get to see there's actually some <laughs> very intelligent viewers here. One of our viewers here just a little bit ago described your mindset basically. Okay. And Chili's mindset is that everyone wins. That's exactly <laughs> right. Chili was born in the um what the 2000s That's error odd. so like for cigarette lighters he he was raised up in that time <laughs> and and you know he loved sports and played sports and stuff and that was that time where all everyone got a trophy, right? Everyone wins. How is right? that? And look, that's where that's led us. Do your best as long as you do your best. So you're calling someone that, that misconstrued what I was saying intelligent? <clears throat> <laughs> no, <laughs> he, he nailed he nailed what you were saying. How? how yeah, Chili uh, didn't even know what a cigarette lighter in a vehicle was. Explain to me how I was uh, how I was saying that everybody wins. I mean, that's the way I took it too. I'm just saying everything. We have some intelligent listeners. I like on debating here. with Chad because every time I ask him to explain his argument, he just he just doesn't say anything. Just goes back, and says this, <laughs> keep saying the same phrase in different words. He either he either just repeats what he's already said, or he appeals to the audience. <laughs> That's kind of sad. I, look, You'd be a bad debater, man. Look, I'm opening, you gotta you gotta learn how to debate. Look, do you guys understand the grand opportunity I'm giving you here on the podcast today? I just told you guys that you can ask me questions, <laughs> or you can tell me what you want me to talk to you about. You have a grand opportunity on the podcast today, and you guys are just sitting there like a bunch of freaking. Oh, I got a question. I got one. You think I care about that opportunity? <laughs> Talk to me like that. And there's people out here that would pay thousands of dollars to have this opportunity with me right now. Charge I'm, them. I'm about to go home. Yeah, y'all don't, y'all don't let, y'all don't let, let Brooke talk. Right Quit acting like you're going to let people talk. Go, Brooke. That's, isn't that stupid? How he does that? It's retarded. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. What are Whoa. you, retarded? It is. Whoa. I know you're not retarded. All right, baby, go ahead. Are you done? Yes, ma'am. Um, I think a lot of people ask questions about why you're so down and you talk so much crap about people that have kids when biblically it says that you should have kids. But you're a Christian and you claim that you follow. I've already explained that. I just have, That's a good debate response there. I've already explained that. It's a political Refer thing. to my episode yeah. number 139. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've already explained my Refer mind, to my, my book, chapter 13, subsection A. bunch of people on here. Paragraph A. bunch of people on here want to hear it. Oh, snap. Boom. Oh, what you got to say about that, Biscuit? You can't answer that question. Oh, what's up with that? Whoa. Well. Expert debater over there. You know. When I told y'all a while back what I had to say about, you know, what the Lord God has to say about, by the way, what does, what does the Lord God have to say about us having children, humans having children? What you does he have to say? look up the exact verse, the oh, words. Does anybody piss know? on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> does anybody know? Verse on, hold on, give me 30 seconds. Does anybody all know, know on YouTube? Okay, Robert Lee says, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, is that what it says, Blake? 
Because you have kids. Yeah, it does say that. There's okay. a couple. Like, there's Psalms. But I guess it doesn't tell you to. It just says children are a gift. Yeah. So, what? What are you? which one of these are you specifically? Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Well, you know, I, I explained this the other day, and, man, I got to thinking. If I... I better be careful what I talk about, about, you know, what God's word says. You know, I'm I'm going through my time here. I fear the Lord, man. And I thought, man, if I keep on and on about this, the Lord is liable to strike me down for the stuff that I said about that. Um, you know, being fruitful and multiplying, uh, well, could that not mean that I am actually helping other people's kids and not having my own kids, but helping with the process of multiplication by <laughs> being a a good role model and mentor for other people's kids? I mean, isn't that helping further the propagation or multiplication of the human race is that is that sound thinking i think your best argument out of this would be to, ref, <laughs> to would be to reference paul and when he talks about not even getting married you know because if you're not married well then you shouldn't have kids because you're not married but the problem with that argument for you is you are married and you know it so why aren't, why aren't you being why aren't you multiplying? Genesis 1, 27, 28 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be, fruit, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, and everything that moves on the earth. I'd say that's happened. I'd say we filled the earth pretty well. Um, Would you say that about other commandments from God? Like other people have done it. I'm, I don't need to do that. It's, they've done a good enough job. I get a pass on well, that one. I'll tell you what, YouTube. I'll tell you what, YouTube. If y'all want me to have a kid. Uh-uh. No, we're not going here. If y'all if y'all want me to have a child, um, talk to Blake, and he can send me one of his children over. <laughs> For <laughs> however long y'all think I ought to have one. And if he's willing, him and Caitlin are willing to do that, we'll make it happen. They've stayed with us before. And Chad Chad does really well for about 12 to 20 hours. And I then... she'll say minutes. No. And no, he does, he does great. But then the next day, he hits a point where he just glazes over. He ain't got no bottom in, man. No, yeah, he glazes over yeah. and he starts like stuttering and he can't talk well and and he, he can't gets think. real frustrated, but he knows he can't take his frustration out on the kids. Yes, he just shuts down yeah. and like it has to like it has to be done. You know what made me? You know what one thing that makes me really want to have kids? I didn't know you've ever thought about yeah. really wanting to have kids. Yeah, there's one thing Did you, that, that like. He's ever had that thought? There's one thing that makes me really want to have kids, and it's watching Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> it's watching Hatfield and McCoys. 
Wrong. Have any of you guys watched the Hatfield and McCoy series on what's that on, Blake? Uh Biscuit. Oh, it's so good. You should. What's it on? Um, it's on right now it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Okay. You and Kat would like it. That show <laughs> makes me want to have kids because I'm sitting here like, man, I live out here in the country and uh, if somebody ever messes with me and we gotta kick a feud up. And I'm all about feuds, okay? And if we ever got to kick a feud up out here, I got no sons to support me in that feud. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I'm watching the Hatfield and McCoys, <laughs> and like both these men, uh, Randall McCoy and Devil Ants Hatfield, they've got a whole passel of sons. And so when when this thing and cousins and and uncles and and when that feud kicks up, man, they get to have a straight war with each other. Well, if that happens out here, what's it going to be? Me and Blake, <laughs> two people. We can't have a good feud with two people. <laughs> so I'm like that. That was the one thing that made me like, man. I would like to have about five sons. Huh. That that way, when somebody comes and messes with this Joker, and I'm old as crap, we can kick up a feud, son, <laughs> and we can <laughs> battle a grapevine all over again. You know, I've thought about having more kids, and we've talked about it. But what makes me want to have more kids is when, like, when you're old, and then you, and I like family, like. Who are you going to get together with when you're old and yeah. you ain't got no family? Your parents are dead. Your brother's so darn decrepit. He can't get out of bed. <laughs> Senile. Yeah. Just all yeah. Ordinary, Can't nobody be He's around him. feuding with a bunch of people. Yeah. All he wants to do is feud with you. And, you oh, s- and so, you know, just two kids. I mean, you, you know, they come over, but I thought about having more. Family but, Are you being for, serious? Yeah. I mean, I'm back yeah, and have forth some with sons, it, Blake, because, you know. If you have a son, Blake, me and Biscuit will probably have a son. <laughs> if what? Chad told me the other day, he said, if he said if Brooke really wants a kid, I'll give her one. And I said, why? So you, then when things get hard, you can say, well, you wanted this. And yes, exactly. he said, yep. Exactly. That's the biggest fear with it is that he would do that. He would When, when he was leaving and traveling or training hard, and I'm like, yo, you, I'm alone here. He would be like, well, you wanted the kid. Ha- Look, man, having a big family ain't got nothing to do with getting together with them. Who the crap likes to get together with family and do, do what? We we do all the time. Oh, yeah, and do what? Yeah, no. We ha- played kickball this past Sunday. Having a yeah. big family. Fun. Having a big family is about when a freaking feud pops off. That's what it's about. I think he's getting a little far out there. I, I really thought when he said when I kind of my ears perked up, I kind of tuned him out when we're on the podcast for the most part. But when he said, um, you know, you know what makes me want to have kids? What's made me want to have kids? I was I was thinking he was going to say something about Blakely or Joe or like, nah. I don't you know, I thought there was something that good about to come out of his mouth. Nope. Have you thought about when a feud pops off? Yeah, y'all don't. That's what. That's the kind of stuff I think about. <laughs> oh, I've thought about that. Yeah, thank you, Chili. I thought about I'm lay prone, huh? Naked under someone's tutelage on the front, <laughs> front lawn. <laughs> that fuse uh, is gonna be kicking off. They're gonna just shoot me. 
Jillian looked like the lady in the Titanic. Y'all got too much drawn. prepper in. You got too much prepper in you, man. You trying to prep it, store up. If I had a big raise up it, an army, look, man. If I had out. a if I had a bunch of sons, I would pop up. I would start up a feud with somebody just because. If I had a bunch of sons, <laughs> just, well, yeah, it'd be the Battle of Texas Valley. <laughs> oh my god, crap will go down in history. Well, my womb's drying up, and I and I have heard through the grapevine that if you saw my seeds already dried up. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Since you sauna all the time, that you burned all your swimmers up. My seed is past its prime. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think either. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to have like upwards of a hundred million or something. If they got if they tested Chad, they'd be like mm, about, about nineteen, <laughs> probably like twenty. <laughs> You might could do it, but it ain't likely. <laughs> oh, the man. The odds have went down. <laughs> so, there you go, guys. I answered that question. See? Did, <laughs> did, did Blake, did he answer the question? No. no <laughs> yeah, did you all. not hear him talking about a feud? He answered yeah. So, the question... You, you guys are living in the wait, stone age. Let me, just, let me just recap this whole... This time we had together just now. So... So my question was, why do you give people such a hard time and say you for sure aren't having kids when biblically it says to have kids? And your answer was, the only thing that makes you want to have kids is watching the Hatfields and McCoys on Netflix because you want to prepare for the big Texas Valley feud that you know is coming in your future. Battle of Texas Valley. The Battle of Texas Valley. So you can sacrifice your five sons for the battle to protect you. I wouldn't want to sacrifice them. I would want to win the feud. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like he clearly answered the question. Yeah. He just, uh, he's just totally avoid. You know, <laughs> this is his Q&A tactic. That's I why he loves Q&A. I answered the question. So, look, I'm going to tell you all, you do all this stuff, uh, all this racing stuff, all this hard physical endurance stuff so that you can be better and you like to do it and it shows you, reveals things about you. Then you can fix it and be a better person. That's that's all kids do. You want to see how selfish you are? You want to see how mostly selfish? That's a big one. You want to see how much more love that you can show somebody or how much more you can love somebody or how much more you can be loved and all of the things that actually matter, that's what kids bring out of you. This old physical endurance, man, y'all, you ain't even begun to understand endurance till you well, have kids. I would say that that might be the way it is now. Well, it is the way it is now because I have kids and you don't. And yeah. I can say this. So that <laughs> is the way it is right now. Yeah, I'd say that's the way it is now. It's not the way it was meant to be, though. So, Well, yeah, I don't know. Kids were really made to work on the farm. Kids were made... Is that what the Bible says, have kids so you Subdue the, the earth. Be fruitful and multiply yeah. and subdue the earth. People used to have kids so that they could put them to work, man. Well, that might have been the way it used to be, but that ain't the way it is yeah. now. See, I don't look in the past. I just look in the present. I think people these days care too much about their kids. <laughs> they they care too much about them. They, 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 they need to be out working on the darn farm, subduing the fields, uh, having, you know, stuff like that going on. If a feud pops up, you know, you arm them. Uh, and these days, people wouldn't even think about arming their children. 
are making them go out and, and plow the ground, turn the soil, you know, but that's the way it was meant to be. That's it, that's my interpretation of the commandment. Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. That means multiply and put them jokers to work. Not sit around and, you know, care about them so much. <clears throat> give them character, man. Good gosh. We can just change the subject because he's deflecting well, so yeah. hard. I mean, he's deflecting the <laughs> deflecting now. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, hey. he's got a deflector up in front of his deflector. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, babe, don't be a turd said you can revive your seed with the cold plunge. <laughs> Good gosh. <laughs> Chilla, you got any questions for me, Bubba? <laughs> well, not, uh, not any pressing. I mean. I think we should talk about Chili's love life. <sighs> oh, gosh. He's going to get up and sure enough walk out. Well, that usually, that, that's always very, very fruitful. It's a, conversation. Short, a short conversation. Do you have anybody under your tutelage, Chili? I think we have two different definitions of what tutelage means. <laughs> well, tell me yours. Well, I think what Chad is trying to say is that he's trying to, um, he's trying to basically be like my life coach, you know? He's trying to help me. Well, you but are. Kind of like his son. A little bit, like his yeah. de facto son. But um, I think that's the definition he's working off of. But, of course, that's not happening. Well, you are who you are today because of me. So, <laughs> rest assured of that. Well, so. Well, I feel like if we had a restart button for the podcast, we could <laughs> probably press it. We'd try hit. this one again. We'd hit Just it now. Just scrap it. Just scrap the whole thing. Well, I want to. I want to talk to y'all about some a serious topic right now because uh, looks like they're out of questions, and we do still have 143 people live on YouTube. So, I want to talk to you guys about some serious questions or some serious topics right now. I'll be looking for you guys' input on this. Okay. Uh, and then after that, we'll wrap up with uh, Brooks' segment, and we'll let you guys know who actually did what. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking the other day, as uh, I was listening to a, a Muslim person describe them th themselves practicing their religion. Practicing their religion. And, and I was... Listening to that, and I could not help but see the contrast between other, between religious philosophies and practicing other uh, re religions and Christianity. There's such a contrast. And it just stood out in the forefront of my mind. And I got to thinking about what is what is practicing Christianity. You and as I I put a question mark, practicing Christianity question mark. And when you look at the foundations of the gospel of Christ and what it is that saves you what it is that makes you a Christian, it has nothing to do with the practicing of any religious ceremony. I asked a question on Resurrected the other night. 
what what it what saves you why as a christian are you justified what saves you does anybody know youtube what saves you i'm i'm watching the chat here amen james henderson just nailed it faith in christian the bible the gospel is congruent on the fact that your faith in what your faith in the atonement that christ made on the cross for all of humanity your you are saved by your faith i think this is a good discussion how how yeah like how does your faith save you this is this is the type of stuff i I think about all the time Uh, well uh, you can tell you can i haven't i haven't thought about that you can tell me your perspective on that here in just a second your faith saves you what is what is your faith it means that how and how much faith do you need right the Bible talks about uh, the faith of a mu- just the size of a mustard seed, right? But it is your faith that Christ was God and that he atoned for your iniquity on the cross. You profess your faith with your mouth, right? And you have faith that Christ's sacrifice is sufficient to cover your sins. That is what saves you, period, dot, Whereas when you contrast this with the other with other religions, take Islam, for example, what is saving you is the process of practicing the actual religious rules and ceremonies. That's what's saving you and other religious concepts. And that's why people are so attracted to other religious philosophies aside from Christianity is because we as humans want to think that our deeds, our actions, we want to think that we are good enough to save ourselves by practicing some sort of religious path. The practicing is what saves us. We as humans are drawn to that because it gives us more control. control. But in Christianity, we are simply saved by our faith. Now, we went over this in depth and resurrected because we talked about once we are saved by our faith, then we are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit, therefore, wrought holiness in our lives. In other words, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit will conform you more and more throughout your life into the image of Christ himself, right? And that's the holiness aspect, the actual how do you think? How do you talk? How do you treat other people? How do you act? That's the holiness, right? We are called to be holy, But our holiness is not achieved by our own actions. Our holiness is achieved by the Holy Spirit of Christ actually dwelling within us and conforming us through a process into the likeness of his image. In other words, anything that is good about me 
I accredit to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in me, not my own practicing, not my own making a list, not my own praying five times a day, not my own this and that, okay? When you hear people talk about being a Christian, we talk about the the Christian faith, the Christian faith, and we don't talk about the Christian religion, maybe unless you're a Catholic, um, because the foundation of your salvation as a Christian is simply faith. That is what saves you. A religion is a set of rules, principles, things that you have to follow saying that you can save yourself. And I just thought, what a contrast it is listening to a, a Muslim talk about practicing their religion. And I have never thought of my salvation in terms of practicing anything. It has everything to do with my, the gift. And by the way, Chile can, this will blow Chile's mind. But in some way, Faith is imparted to you. Your faith is saving you, but even the faith itself is not inherently attributed to your own understanding. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Why? <laughs> Everything comes from God. Well, that's where the grace part is, right? Everything. You're saved by grace through your faith. Everything comes says. from God. Your faith, your holiness, your sanctification. The only reason you can have faith is because the grace given to you by God. Yes. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Chili. <laughs> what? Chad is just, he is omnipotent. He's an antagonist. Um, he's all-knowing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what what am I what am I supposed to put? I might do it if I know what to put in there. I want to know what you were going to say earlier when you asked why. Why well, is how? Oh, how? How? Yeah. yeah, like Blake said it correctly. You're saved. Faith doesn't save you. It's the grace that saved you. It's what technically it would be what Jesus did saved you. Like that would be more important than anything that you do or have faith in. Like, I mean. That had to happen, right? I mean, that's what that's what that means. Sola gratia, sola fide. You know, by grace through faith. That's what that. So you know, by grace alone through faith alone. So, uh, but, we know but, that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we also have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible's congruent in saying that we are justified by our faith. Are you reading that like to disagree with what I'm saying? Because I'm just putting that out there. I mean, it's by Blake just said it perfectly. I'm kind of it's redundant to even say it again, but by grace, the grace of God in right, part that is, had it, to be there first. I mean, that's that's foundational. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, what else would you put your faith in? Yeah. So the but, fact that you can have faith faith in Christ is, is evidence of God's grace on humanity. So, but then the the when the faith part comes in, uh. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with, well, one question would be, well, 
how. I mean, you said I could talk about it later and explain. I don't have anything to explain. I mean, I'm just like, okay, so uh, to, as that question is kind of like twofold. Like, how then do you have that faith? Like, can you just can you just will yourself into having that faith, or? And then the second part of the how is like the mechanics of salvation. Like, how does faith actually do anything for you? Like, so there's somebody that doesn't have faith and then, you know, that puts them in one camp and then someone, like you said, you know, just a tiny amount and then that flips the switch. Like, at what amount or at what point is the, the, the switch flipped over? Like, how does faith do that? Like, how does faith transfer you into a different eternal oh, situation? Easy. That's an easy question to answer. The mechanics of how is easy? <laughs> yeah, that's really easy, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me. So faith it's is not in, easy for me. Faith is imparted to you by the grace of God. I know you can't get over the how free will and God's will exist uh well, you yeah, know, I can go with side. what you're about to say. Faith is, Ex- in, faith is imparted to you so, by the grace so of God. So rather than explain the first question, explain how they can go together then. Because, oh, because, that, the, because the problem with the explanation that you're about to give is that basically... The problem is, is, that, is that the human mind cannot conceptualize well, I don't, I don't, how the will of a sovereign God can exist uh, parallel to what we believe is human will. Well, see, I'm not okay with that cop out because I can I can agree that with that that like we can't clearly by definition us being humans and God being God and the creator of us, we can't comprehend him. Yeah. But then that that then makes me ask the question, well what can we comprehend? And I just go, well, nothing. I don't know nothing. And then that's the state that I I'm like, well, yeah, you can't comprehend nothing. Because what, com- whatever you think you can comprehend, how can you even be sure that you comprehend it? Can you <laughs> comprehend the gospel? In 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 a way, yes. But then in another way, it's like, well, no, I mean... I, can you recognize the fact that you're not perfect? You can, you can, you can try. How can, how can you be sure of anything? That's what I'm saying. It would be hard to comprehend how... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of how to word it, how Jesus rose from the dead and like the whole spiritual human. It'd be hard to comprehend like, anything. All of that is very hard to comprehend. Well, yeah. How did, how did a, a human being right raised from the dead by their own power? Right. Yeah. How do you comprehend that? I like to say that I don't know nothing, but even making that statement implies that I know that I don't know anything. Yeah, that's so a even problem. that's a contradictory statement. That's I don't. A problem. Yeah, it is a problem. I yeah. don't. I don't even know if that's true. That I don't know anything. Yeah, I'm working. I'm gonna work you through that over the next <laughs> decade. All right. Um. So yes, faith is imparted to you by grace. Now the mechanics of how does what what was it? How does faith produce? Like how does it save you? Like how how how, how does, does it? How exactly does faith do anything? Because people can, you know, have faith in a myriad of th- um, myriad things, but, but... A couple ways it saves you. I think faith in Christ, the first thing that it does is it opens, it opens you to 
becoming a vessel of the Holy Spirit of Christ. Without faith, you cannot receive the Spirit of God within yourself, which is what works and rots the change in you, right? So it opens you up to become a vessel of the Holy Spirit. That's one way it saves you. I think another way that faith saves you is faith is the essence of hope. I think the hope, hope is is something that saves you as a human being, right? Well, I get how that would be very valuable. So, I mean, even somebody who has hope in something that's not even true, that hope would actually help them get through this life. Yep. But but how does it actually help you? You so when you open your through faith, when you open yourself to become a vessel for the Holy Spirit of God the Father, you actually become one spirit with God. And you actually is, then become any you, you then become and, and this is biblical here. And, I'll, and I'll, this is by no choice of your own, you're saying. I will I will read this. Uh right. That's a good question. Right. To you be holy for I am holy. Um first Corinthians seven seventeen, but he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit. Right. So there in there you become once you become connected to God, through God, right. dwelling in you, right? And you become a, a saved being, child of God. It's the connection. It's the connection. Well, and so, faith is the, the the initial ingredient that has to open that up. The conduit. Yeah. Is, but that, back to your original, are you saying that that faith is not your choice? Like it has to be given to you? Hmm. <sighs> Is that what you were saying earlier? I don't want to misconstrue you. Know, that, that's a that I think there's a, a deep discussion there because you know that leads me to so the ultimately what my answer to that would be is the faith is imparted to you, okay? But what is happening prior to that faith being imparted to you? To have that faith imparted to you, what must you be doing? Seeking, right? Yeah, yeah. You but, must be seeking. If you seek, you so will find. So you can seek on your own will. But but can you believe? Can, can you actually, in seeking, can you actually believe in your own free will? I believe faith is imparted to you. It comes through seeking. But is the seeking not the drawing of the... Of yeah, the Lord, you wouldn't like, you even say that the yeah. seeking was the drawing? Say, well? I decided yeah. to start seeking. Well, you really didn't. You were drawn by the Holy Spirit, which led you to begin to seek. Amen to that. And the Bible says, "No man comes to the Father except exactly. by the drawing of the Holy exactly. Spirit." Exactly. Yep. And I and I'm saying that doesn't. Yeah. So you're exactly right, Chili. Nothing is actually of of your own free will. Um, God, the Father, is sovereign. His will is being done, and. Uh, you know, whether you like it or not, you've been set apart, man. Well, I think to say nothing is of your free will is not biblical because the Bible says choose life or choose death. So that means we have a choice in the matter. But our choice is whether we want to heed that drawing of the Holy Spirit or not. Well, that's what I was getting at. Like what, what you know, I agree because I can, go, I can go down the, the hole and say we don't have free will. And it's because of what, you have, were, have you read Willing to Believe by R.C. Spurl? No. You should read it, man. Why haven't you read that? It's right up your alley. I read other stuff. 
Okay. You don't know what I read. Yeah, a lot of time, a lot of our conversations here on, on the podcast actually turn to the discussion of the well, so many things. I don't know how it doesn't turn to that. The free will of the human being, right? So many of our discussions come to that. The ultimate answer is there is no conclusion. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the human being, no matter how hard you search for a conclusion on that answer, it is outside the realm of your comprehension, literal physical comprehension to be able to understand how the two things can exist, co- like co- can coincide with one another. How is it determined what is within our comprehension and what is outside of the bounds of our comprehension? If you cannot, you you cannot clearly understand it. No, in spite of no matter how complex of a thinker you are, in spite of your searching, will you be able to clearly understand and have a con- conclusive, um, you know, finalized answer to the question if you th- th- it's outside of your comprehension if you can't do that comprehending something means that you have a clear understanding of the mechanics of it how it works if 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 you then you wouldn't need faith if you served a god that you could have a clear understanding of exactly how how all of this works Right, I literally, agree with this fully. you you would not be a you, you he couldn't be the the being couldn't be your God. That's a quote I've said on this podcast before. Yeah, but, but it, it arises the question in me of like what 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 can be comprehended. I think that uh, the very essence of the gospel of Christ can be very clearly comprehended. I would agree on on like a on a basic level, but I think. Part of the gospel of Christ is, is what we're discussing now with the, the mechanics of salvation. And I'm like, that's what I don't comprehend. Well, anything that doesn't exist in our human realm, we're not going to understand it. I mean, how can you understand a heaven apart from supernatural yeah, I mean, wisdom or revelation? How can you understand something that you're not, that you can't, like you're not a part of or. Right. I mean, you can have some, some sort of knowledge of it from what the bible tells you but then that's the rest is where faith comes in that you just believe it's that way because the bible tells you that and because in your past you've had experience that it is true and your faith and all of that adds up to say okay well i don't quite understand this but i have faith to believe that it's true even though i don't understand it i mean the faith that was given to you yeah and the and and the big issue with with this whole topic is that Blake just said the Bible tells you this, and the Bible tells you it's both ways. That's the what Bible saying. tells you that God's will is being done, and the Bible also talks about choosing life or death, right? So it tells you that both are somehow existing uh, in in a in a synchronized way, in some way, shape, or form that's outside of our comprehension. <laughs> So it's a, it talks about both. How can both things exist and be congruent with one another? Yeah. That's the part. Well, because that's where people all often talk about, you know, there's there's certain contradictions or seeming contradictions in the Bible. 
And then most of the time, the defense is just that. It's like, well, it's not a contradiction. We can't comprehend how those two things go together. However, like, I'm not saying that's a, that's a cop-out because it's true. We can't understand God fully, but they're not wrong in pointing out that distinction there. No, I no, mean, not at all. Because that, you know, that, that is two clear things that seem to not coincide. So it's like, there's really not great answers for that because the only mm-hmm. answer you ever hear is like, well, we can't understand it. It's like, well, yeah, but that's what I'm trying to do is understand mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I mean, that's where that's, that's, you know, the, the soteriological questions are the, are the most, maybe not to everybody, but to me, certainly the most fascinating that's the central question too. Like all the other stuff seems the reason it the reason it it turns in my mind so much is because that's what really matters. Like a lot of the the questions that that come up in people's minds that they're, they're fairly inconsequential at the end of the day. Like that is the central thing to gain comprehension and understanding of if you can to me. Like what could be more important than that? The perfect life of Jesus Christ but see, that's a part his of actual it. Do- death on the cross and his resurrection. But that from all the goes dead. like you can't. That se- is the central. But you can't separate the two, because what was that for? That was for this. That was for salvation. Yeah, I mean that, that you can't. I'm that. That's all in what I'm talking. But that's about. the central part that must be comprehended. That that the and the then go- I ask how the gospel of Christ, the central part that is what must be comprehended and believed in, right? And then, and then, yes, dig into these more soteriological questions. But you, I mean, you you have to have something. You have to believe in the right things before you can ask. Well, dang, where did that belief come from? Because if the faith doesn't come, how can you ask where the faith came from if it's not there? Well, you're asking where it where it comes from before you. I mean, you're. The faith is there in other people, so you you would see it and go, okay, where does that come from? You could say, oh, okay, they have it. I don't have it. Where does it come from? Let me understand this. It's all together to me. I, it's hard to separate, like, all of this. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's almost like separating different parts of the gospel. It's like it all goes together. Yeah, so, I would agree with that. It's like even if you understood a part of it, like okay, I understood Jesus' death. Well, that's it's kind of incomplete. You need the whole picture. That's that's what I'm saying. But yeah, we understand what we need to understand. It's like an well, ant so doesn't even, need to understand how physics work. They just do their ant thing, and you don't even try to tell them, and they don't try to understand because they yeah. don't even know they need to understand. So yeah, I don't know where. The Bible says that this is a, it is complete with what we need to know, but not everything that we want to know to understand the whole interworkings of how all of this works. And I think it's valuable to consider because it just in my recent experience, it exposes more of who God is, lets you understand God on a deeper level, but you will never come to an answer of it. I mean, people have debated it long enough. We've debated it a lot and it's still good to talk about. Because then you find out in a deeper way of who God is. That's how it's worked for me. I thought for the longest when y'all would sit in and talk, I thought, this is so dumb. Mm-hmm. What a waste of time. You're never going to reach an answer. But then as I be- actually began to consider the things myself, 
I found myself understanding who God is on a deeper level, even though I didn't reach a conclusion. I thought, oh, okay, well, I kind of understand a little bit more now. Yeah. I'll never fully understand, but a little bit more. And so I think we understand what we need to know. And, and I can rest in that, but I, I can say I don't know that. I'm going to still keep trying to figure it out, but I yeah. don't I don't know, and I know that I'll never know. But I'm going to keep trying to figure it out and, and pondering these, meditating on these ideas. and and. Well, I think that is the essence of faith. Yeah, the substance of things hoped for. Right. I mean, the, the essence of faith is, yes, I, I, I don't know, but it doesn't hinder me or it doesn't, you know, and that's, yeah. that's. I've wondered that's if hard. when we get to heaven, if God's going to be like, you sapsuckers wasted so much time trying to figure all this out. And I gave you the basics of, like what Blake said, of what I've thought about this many times, of what you needed to know. And you wasted so much time and energy. You know, people write books and people devote their whole lives to like studying these things, you know. And it's like, I I mean, I'm curious too. I'm with you guys. But like, I wonder if when we get there, he's going to be like, y'all could have put your energy to like helping the needy or building your ministry or, you know, instead of like studying what the possible does that I don't yeah know. it's it's a heart thing though because if your heart is to understand it for curiosity's sake or just for the sake of understanding then yeah it's in vain yeah. like you know you're not going to get there and you're wasting time even if you thought you could get there because for some re- reason you're special you're still trying to discover it for the sake of curiosity or just wanting to know but if you say, all right, I know I'm not going to get there, but I'm going to study these things so that I can understand God on the deeper level and therefore serve better, then I personally don't, I don't know. I think it's biblical to say that, that he would be happy about that, that yeah. you understand him deeper so that you can serve people better. Because how can you serve? If we're supposed to treat people like Jesus and do what God wants us to do, the more you understand him, then the more you can treat people like he would treat them. So yeah, that's the whole point. That's the things I like to study is how can we be better people while we're here on earth? And I mean, the end time stuff and, and all of these other things are in there for a reason or else they wouldn't be in the Bible. But the things that are important to me are what, what can I do here now? Because what's going to happen is going to happen. But again, there's still a reason that it's in there, but that just hasn't been the that's not what i focus mostly on i read it occasionally but i know that's my thought on it. i think it's a heart thing it all, all always boils down to where's your heart at for the reason you're doing what you're doing yeah because you can do what god's you can treat people how god treats them but if it's for the sake of uh the spotlight then it's not going to be well done my good and faithful servant it's going to be because you were selfish and you wanted the gratification from the people that you were serving yeah well we love you blake i think i i like to to listen to you guys and i like to think about some of the stuff that you're bringing up chili like on my own but i think my why is that i'm not happy with the level of faith that i have right now and there's something in me that says if you learn more or if you can come up with a better concept of who God is and who Jesus is and how all this happened, your faith will grow. And I, I'm not saying that's right. I actually think there's parts of that that's wrong. 
but that's just where I'm at, you know? Yeah, I mean, the reason that I ask these questions, I mean, I don't think someone who's not struggling would even ask those questions that I ask. Like, it's because I see faith displayed in people around me. At least it's my perspective. Maybe I, I'm off. but And I'm like, I don't have that. Right. I, I don't have it like that. I don't have that. I don't. What am I missing? You know what I'm saying? And and the reason I basically come to the conclusion that we don't, we can't, I think me and Chad kind of agree, but we probably think about it in different ways. But like we can't, on some level, we can't choose whether we have faith or not. And, and the reason I've come to that conclusion is, is purely, is, I mean, predominantly anecdotal. It's like, I can't do that for myself. I've tried. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like, try to have it. Try to grow it. Try to do that on, you know, on your own. And it's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Oh, it's fake. Right. I mean, it's just not even, it's just, it's like you can't, there's some like block there. And so, no, I mean, that's, so that would be why I even asked the questions, which, because I think it would be weird to come from somebody, questions like that, who were just, who just was, it was rock solid, you know? Like, why I mean, like Blake's talking about, you know, you can grow in it, you know, maybe gain some level of comprehension and closeness to God through through that, through looking into it. But I mean, a lot of people who don't struggle with faith, I don't think they would find much value in a conversation like some of the soteriological questions because it's it's it, they're, they're, it's it's not confusing to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly but, how, what I meant too when I said that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all get ready for uh, biscuits uh, ending up biscuit segment here. Oh, we're um, transitioning hard from that to the segment. You know, he's over this conversation. Well, I've been I've been working a little bit on developing uh, a mission statement for my life, and I'm I'm like maybe like just got one line of it just generally formatted in my head. And it goes along with this conversation. And I think as I'm developing this mission statement for my life, uh, the the core of it is to lead people to the realization of hope. Lead pe- Through all that I do in my life, lead people to the realization or the, the recognition may be another answer of hope. Because when I look around me and I see nearly, nearly every issue is, uh, aside from just pure evil, is connected in some way, shape, or form to the absence of hope or dis- or despair. So when I say my life's mission is to lead people to the realization or recognition of hope, the core of that is it has to do with this conversation of faith because faith is the thing. Faith is the substance of hope for something that is better, right? And that's, that's kind of, as I... I'm thinking through this for myself, my mission statement. That's a big, big part of it. So I want to share that with y'all. That's one thing I have been thinking about here lately, other than this silly race we're going to run. 
Yeah, the absence of hope seems to undeniably be be undergirding all of the despair in the world. Yeah. That that seems self-evident to me. Yep. For sure. It's very important. All right, Biscuit. Oh. Let's hear your answers. It's just a that's a hard transition. Well, we got to wrap this show up and the listeners have been waiting to hear who peed on the carpet, who drove a Honda Prelude, who crapped down their leg while on a run and just kept going and let it run down their leg, and uh, <clears throat> who was nearly um, Wait, ma- don't mess it up. misogynized by a pervert in a trailhead <laughs> pocket. Who was the image of another man's pleasure is what you meant to say. In a trailhead parking lot. That's rough linguistics there. <laughs> I don't like how that's worded. A lot of people guessed that you were that. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so who was it, Bisque? And we'll tell the story behind it, whoever it was. All right, next time we need a buffer between the deep Christian theological thoughts and the, the funny segment. Okay, first one. Who pooped while they were running? And just kept going and let it fall out of their shorts and run down their leg. Speak up. Oh, that, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen, Chili? Well, it depends on which time you want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, she said she wanted, she asked, she just came up with this for me, which is fine. But then she asked me to accompany it with a story and I don't know which. Why, well, why, why would you do that? Why would you not just stop and drop your drawers and crap on the ground instead of all in your pants? He even said it was a training run. Well, yeah. Every time I've ever done it, it was training runs and it was, I don't know which specific story you'd like me to. Uh, <laughs> Somebody called you the scat queen. <laughs> that roadside dumper but i i did it in my pants every time instead of just shorts or pants shorts yeah running shorts but anyway i don't i don't know which time you want me to talk about but they've all been fairly similar the aftermath has (laughs) has been kind of wild and different on some of them but no they were all the cause was all just you know you get in spells. Were they mostly solid, or what was the consistency? <laughs> well, when you're training real hard, you'll get in spells where you've got a crap just every time you run. And so at different training blocks in my life, when I've been training hard, I'll you get in one of those spells, and when they start coming on you, you start just having to, you know, really clinch, really learn how to run and hold it in. And, you know, you get good at it, but then one day it'll just, I mean, just... Oh, so it was an accident. You didn't poo on purpose. No, no. You pooed on purpose. (laughs) A lot of this happened back when he had the coronavirus. (laughs) You remember? (laughs) Yeah, And he showed up Team PT with that pack of dude wipes he carried around. No, this was in in high school and college. So the the biggest one in high school was, yeah, I had an eight-mile run. I was four miles in. Had to crap so bad. And I was like, man, I might could hold it for another mile or so, but I got four miles to go. So I just said... Well, this is like making my stomach cramp. This is a problem, so I'm gonna just go ahead and do it. And uh, <laughs> what? Wait, where were you in the woods, or were you on the track? I was actually like, on the road that day. You were on the road, so yeah. there wasn't some like convenient ditch or Man, something. That's, that's like a Mario Kart thing. You <laughs> cramp well, in the road for the spin the car out behind you. <laughs> well, there actually was, but I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to stop running to even do that. Huh? 
I would have had to stop for like 20 seconds to go do that, so I didn't even want to stop that long. So I just uh, – I will say when Chili starts running, he loathes stopping. Yeah. Oh, he would hate to run with me. So, I, you know, so I did, my plan was to just do a little bit, and then uh, that turned into a lot, and then it got in my socks. <laughs> <laughs> and then the terrible. next – I did – I think I've done it seven to ten times. Jeez. But, um, As an adult? Yeah, an adult male, yeah. And uh, – <laughs> I was. Thank you for that. Man, you're uh, lucky you ain't got E. coli. Yeah. Well, the the, the 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 <laughs> probably the mo- I'll end this quick. But the most the most powerful one ever was <laughs> when I was in college, and I drove a little bit away from campus. Long run, probably like well, not super long, but you know, for a 15 mile run or something, 16, and I uh, I parked my car, got out. I knew I was in one of those spells where every time I had to run, I, I had to crap. But and then, but I thought I could make it. Run. I'm probably like eight miles in, so long way to go on this one. And then it, ju- I mean, just just center and uh, sent it a little too hard this time, and it just real bad. But well, once it's already happened, I mean, you just just finish the run. So do you keep the lining in your shorts, the mesh lining? Oh Lord, yeah. So do you have to shake it out of there? Yeah, that's a strainer. Well, see, that's that- not a mesh line. That's a strainer. <laughs> Separates the solid from the do liquid. Do you have to shake it out? Do you at least do that, or do you just let it stay with you? And I let it stay in there until the end. We'll see that <laughs> the, the the best part. The best part of this one was when I got back to my car. I had to get in my car and drive back to campus, and I had no change of clothes. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't have nothing in the car. So what I did was I drove back to campus. I got in and tried not to touch anything. So I got in the car and had my foot up on the dash like this and my arm on the side and my other uh, arm on the console and then one foot down on the gas and the brake. And I was hovering like this, driving like this. Was that in the Mazda? That was in the Subaru. Okay. And I was driving like this. And uh, then I, I would like bring my hand on the steering wheel, try to bounce with that. So that's how I got back to campus. And then I had to figure out how to get, walk all the way through the dorm and all the way through the hall and everything, you know, with a dirty butt. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and dirty socks, right? And so I just, I just walked in there and, I mean, it was bad. It smelled real bad. <laughs> and then I just went in there, got into the shower, uh, I left my, I left those shorts in the shower, and then I went back in there like a week later, and they were still in there. <laughs> You're disgusting. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I think if I if that happens to me, I think I would find me a good patch of grass, and I would <laughs> take my shorts off, and I would butt scrub <laughs> like a like old dog does when his anal glands are swelled up. <laughs> I think I butt scrub along and the patch of you grass. You have no butt cheeks, so you're you're you're. I'm about to get vulgar. It would be real easy for you to do that. Yeah, and then I'd take my shorts and kind of scrub them on the grass or find a creek to wash them off in. But how about you just stop running and crap somewhere? I, and then, well, I, you know, first we got to define stop before we. <laughs> No, we ain't, we ain't got a defined stop. I know how what you, stop means, and I ain't doing it when I'm training run. How do you really know you know what stop means? <laughs> <laughs> how don't. do you know you got to go until, you know, it's just too late? Well, that's a great point, but see, I preface everything I say with, I don't even know that, so. 
But anyway, that's a pretty disgusting story for most people, I'm sure. But I mean, that's the truth. That's the game. That's what. That's what Miss Brooke pr- saw, picked for me. What if you saw someone out a runner out on a pristine golf course, butt scrubbing <laughs> across the green? <laughs> I believe. I believe you would do it. Then we should do a YouTube video on that. <laughs> What's next? The Prelude. Yeah. So who used to drive a Honda Prelude? That's a lame story. That was me. <laughs> I had uh, <laughs> Chad had this old junky, like I don't know what, like old Jeep with a V8 in it. The it's one a piece that, of, that blue one. The one that used to uh, get out of alignment on the road, and you did. Have you to, inherit that? No, but you they either you traded it or mom. You know, all the vehicles just used to be everybody's, and uh, they ended up trading it for that Prelude. And that thing burned more oil than did gas. But man. you drove that thing for years, oh, man. Oh yeah, man. That that was a bad unit. You had it. You had it rigged out with all these subs and speakers and yeah, CD player. Man. I I used to drift down uh, Hulsey Town Road, pull up that <laughs> e brake. It was silver. Hit that drift right around there. <laughs> it was it a go, silver. Got out prelude. of control one time. I wound up in the woods on one of them drifts. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I thought. Man, I'm gonna have to get towed out of here. I'm gonna be in trouble. I put that thing in reverse and revved it up about five thousand RPMs. Dumped the clutch. And she pulled right on oh, out. Yeah. I couldn't stop that rig. Pulled I, right on out, man. How many times did you wreck that car? Just one. Just once. Yeah, man. I sat in the back of that car and waited on you one night in Rock Mart to break up with your first real girlfriend. Yeah, Beebs went with us. Yeah, me and Brandon sat in the Prelude. And what was y'all thinking? We were we wanted Riding to be out there with me. We wanted to be moral support for <laughs> hey. uh, for you if you were really emotional. We wanted to be there to support you. That was a bad unit, wasn't it? Yeah, Lots it was. of room in the back too, wasn't there? Oh man, well, that that the back Jeep seat was terrible. That Jeep that was they, that the CJ that, that you rented for that um, Prelude. When I when I got out of the Navy because of my pericardial cyst, and I came back home. I had $800 to my name. So that was all the money that I had accumulated for the two months that I was in Navy boot camp. When I got out, I had $800 in my bank account, and I didn't have a car. Because I, I don't know why I didn't have a car, but I, I think when I left, I, I had left that blue truck to you. Well, everything was mom and dad's, but... okay. Well, I, I got back, and, and so then I found this Jeep that was $800. <laughs> Is that what you paid for that? Yeah. So Perfect. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I took all my money that I had to my name and bought this daggone Jeep that didn't even have a top or nothing. I mean, you couldn't drive it in the rain or nothing. And, uh, well, after I paid for it, I got in it to drive it home and realized it didn't have any oil pressure at all. <laughs> But, um, it, but it could drive. But it would run and drive. And so, you know, not long after I had it, I was, I think Brooke was riding with me. You were taking me out on the inaugural, we were riding dirt roads. Yeah. You know, hot dates. Yeah. We took yeah. that thing out. and, and uh, You want to go ride around in my new $800 Jeep, baby? <laughs> I gassed that, that thing. Was accurate. I gassed that thing up a hill coming out into red mountain road which was a gravel road and ran it straight into the embankment on the other side of the road Head into a tree yep and then i think after that i drove it home and parked it and never drove it again yep i think after that dad loaned me out his old ford ranger that he had mm, yeah then i drove that for the rest of the time i was home was it that had, that horse and buggy yeah it leaked every fluid 
that it had in it. Every single fluid it leaked. You had to top up every reservoir before you drove it. But, you it, know, it had them big two-foot red letters across the windshield on the front said, Jesus saves. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah, the letters were like this that. big right across the top of the windshield. I think I, I oh, do, on the windshield. I yeah. do I remember like, where? it had, instead of having the, the speakers in the door, it, there were two boxes probably they were one, huge. They one were, foot uh, by two six foot. Six by nines. Yeah. They, okay. They were huge. And I had set those right in the center of the bench seat stacked on top of each other. And that was where my, if I was listening to tunes going down the road, they come from them well, two boxes. I like in the to middle sit the in the middle beside you. So I would have to get in and like, we could barely fit in that thing. And then I have to scoot those speakers over. Yeah. At least y'all can get somewhere. Yeah, that's that true. Jeep wasn't gonna get you nowhere. No. Dude, we need to buy some. If, if you can buy a vehicle that'll run for eight hundred dollars, that's worth it. We need well, to you go. Can't do that no more. Uh, we need to go get us a pile of those and just run them into each other. Oh, that no, Have that a derby. That, <laughs> that Jeep today would probably be six, seven thousand dollars without even a motor in it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh boy. All right. Next. Next. Okay, as an adult, who got out of bed and peed on the carpet beside the bed while sleepwalking? So that was me. <laughs> <laughs> this is this was a uh, this was what, babe? We would we were just moved back to Georgia. This was like four years ago, three years ago. Have we already? Mo- I don't know if we had already moved back or if we were just back home on leave. I don't know. Yeah. And we were, I had taken ginseng earlier that day and, uh, I'd never taken ginseng before and we were, we were at an herb shop and I was like, Oh, I'll take (laughs) this. And it was a shot and I didn't feel anything and it was pretty close to bed. And then do you want to tell it? Cause I don't really remember it. Like all I remember is what you've told me. Yeah. Well, me and Brooke was laying there in in the guest bed in our don't tell it don't tell whose house it was yeah in my mother and father-in-law's house (laughs) in the guest bedroom they they not know about it no they listen to the podcast you jerk she got up out of the bed in the middle of the night uh stepped out of bed squatted down and then i just started hearing splattering in the carpet (laughs) down there like she was pouring out a water bottle or something dang and i looked over and i said (laughs) <laughs> what in the world are you doing? And about that time, she had finished up peeing in the floor, <laughs> got up, crawled under the covers, and and uh, she had her eyes open. She looked over at me and said, huh, it's just like anything else. <laughs> and I said, what in the world? <laughs> and finally, it took me probably five minutes of just shaking her and talking to her, and she finally woke up out of this whatever state she was in. <laughs> And I told her she had just peed in the floor. She got up, went in there and got a towel and cleaned it up. And we went on to bed. Well, she didn't really clean it up, David. Uh, They just saying that for this. The real story is that she didn't clean it up. (laughs) Dad, Mom, I used lots of cleaner. I scrubbed it. I remember that part. Just like anything else. (laughs) No, that's a heck of a line. He used it. Like, Do you remember how much he used that after that story? Oh, yeah. Just like Grizz was using it. You told everybody. Yeah. Jerk. We yeah. should have talked about when y'all was living in my basement. Oh, we did live in your basement. What a, <laughs> in Mason George. Oh, that was that was not true. But we told <laughs> we told we told Chad's parents we were living in Blake's basement and there was no bathroom down there and they said, Well you're 
oh yeah, I'll be telling you this. I'll tell you this, Chili, because you don't know this. And um, they Blake and them had just had a brand new baby, and Jenny was like, well, how do you go to the bathroom without disturbing the whole house? And I said, we don't at night. She said, well, what if you got a crap? And I said, she had come like the week before and seen a bunch of old mason jars in the trash. And I told her, I said, we just poop in mason jars. <laughs> and we just throw them away in the dumpster. And they probably still think we actually probably, did that, yeah. don't they? It's actually not a bad idea. I don't mm. uh, I don't know about all that. All right. Pretty good idea. Next. Pickled turds. You could pickle them. They're <laughs> so gross. <laughs> okay. Well, one person's left. Who was the image of another man's pleasure? Ugh. And then God. <laughs> Filthy. God. Got into an altercation with a pervert at a trailhead in Kennesaw. Well, that was me, obviously. I'm the last person left. Yes, when I was training to join the Navy, we, well, there's this place in Cobb County called Kennesaw Mountain State Park. They have a lot of trails. So, <clears throat> uh, I don't think it's called State Park. Or may, no, it isn't. It's a national park, national, national battlefield. Correct. Yeah, so I would, that was like the best trails in, you know, vicinity of our house. So I would always go out there and do my training runs. That's part of that 15 year long training block that I've been doing leading up to this point. So I guess I would have been about 19 back then. And um, I'm just got done with my run. And all of these national parks and uh, state parks and stuff. I don't know if they still do, but they used to draw out the perverts. I mean, they, they just flock to these parks. And so there's always been rumors about all these weird, um, perverted sexual predators at this park. Of course, I was a 19-year-old guy. I wasn't worried about it. But I got done my run. I'm sitting in the parking lot stretching out my hamstrings with, for like... With that, can I just say really quick, that was when, remember he used to wear those boxer briefs all the time? A dolphin short kind yeah. of things? Yeah. So he would wear, and I'm not, this is no excuse, but you wore pants that left nothing to the imagination. They were boxer briefs is what they were. They were like Under Armour underpants. Yeah. Chili still wears those. Well, I'm just putting yeah. that out there. And uh, I'm stretching out my hamstrings in the parking lot and I look over this car parked maybe like 20 feet across the parking lot. And this dude sitting in the driver's seat just staring at me. And I was like, huh, that's kind of strange. And so uh, I just go on about my business. And about two minutes later, I look over there at him again. And I, I can start seeing his head doing like this, right? <laughs> kind of bobbing back and forth. And Chili's so upset. I said, oh. I, look, I, I got looking at that joker. I said, that son of a gun's jacking off. Baby, don't say that. Right in front of me. Use different words. And so... <laughs> Oh. Uh, about the time I realized that, I jumped up out of my stretch position, and I come slap unglued on this joker. I run over there as as I'm running across the parking lot to his vehicle. He locks all the doors, and so I tried to open the door to drag him out, and uh, I just fell to cussing and hollering and. Uh, Reared back, straight leg kicked the side of his car. Well, about this time, he's getting his rig cranked up, and uh, he's on the gas, and he starts <clears throat> hightailing it out of there. 
And, of course, I'm so mad. I f- I'm fired up and running behind him, trying to catch him and yelling at people to call the police. And he ends up getting away. Uh, well, so, that may be a bad time to fight a fella. Yeah, well, I, I was, it's really a blessing that I didn't get to this guy because I'm sure I would have been the one that ended up going to prison for it. And uh, mm-hmm. that would have definitely put a, a crimp in my... Look, the guy uh, was probably just scratching his ankle or something. No. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. So, oh. any of y'all go out to these daggone uh, national parks and state parks and stuff, yeah, you need to have some sort of mm-hmm. weapon on you because they literally draw these daggone perverts and didn't you say people he was that want to prey suit? on people. Yeah, he was your your typical. He was like on his lunch break. Yeah, he was your typical. That that's how most of your perverts are. Just your oh, typical, you know, accountants. Oh no, I know? cringed because I knew he was going to say something like that. Accountants are not perverts. <laughs> Babe. So, <laughs> probably insurance salesman, huh? Stop. Yeah, probably sold insurance or something. Oh, no. Yep. Well, Uh-oh. I hope y'all enjoyed that segment. This was uh, this podcast Filthy. really took Blake into the depths of his endurance. Uh, he learned cameras. Blake off, man. really struggles with these longer episodes. So, um, if you guys want us to shorten these episodes up, if they're too long, just, you know, let us know and we'll put Blake in charge. They'll be about 10 minutes long. And if that works better for y'all, it works better for Blake because as soon as we turn the cameras off, he's going to complain about how long the episode was. Oh, shut up. You and dummy. he still has got to actually what? edit my hey, Land Cruiser video long. Uh, after we get off long. here. So I do have a little compassion for him because he's got a few hours of editing he's got to do today. And with that being said, we love accountants. We'll catch y'all on the flip flop. And insurance salesman. And insurance salesman. Enough said.